he didn't really remember very much about my biological mother. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a search that continues to this day. Wow. Um, and it's sort of like uh, everything that was fast and relatively easy about finding my genetic father and his family has been difficult about trying to find my genetic mother. Who am I? 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 This is Who Am I Really? A podcast about adoptees that have located and connected with their biological family members. I'm Damon Davis, and on today's show is Neil. He called me from right here in Rockville, Maryland. Neil's search didn't take off until he was 66 years old. He got a DNA kit for his birthday, and within months, he was in touch with his paternal family. Ohio's open original birth certificate policy helped him learn his birth mother's name, but he couldn't find a single maternal connection during his search. This episode was just about to end when Neil circled back to share some big news. This is Neil's journey. Neil was raised in Bayshore, New York on Long Island. He figures his parents must have done a good job with helping him to feel okay with his adoption because he always knew and his parents openly pointed out friends in the neighborhood who were adopted too. He had one younger sister, also adopted, and his parents selected a special day to commemorate their adoptions. Valentine's Day became sort of our day to commemorate uh, our adoption of me and my sister. And uh, we just kind of, they just kind of made a big deal about it and... uh, there were, there were actually greeting cards at the time that uh, had a message about being accepted as an adoptee. Oh, really? That's I interesting. I didn't know that. That's kind of cool. Uh, it is. Hmm. Neil says he and his sister got along fine when they were kids, but they kind of realized in adulthood that they were different people and they went their separate ways. In terms of inquiring about their adoptions... Neil said his sister was much more into peppering their parents with questions about her adoption than he was about his. We agreed that sometimes young men just aren't as interested in their adoptions as young women are. So that begs the question, when did he take an interest in understanding his roots? Things things moved along. uh, College, marriage, kids, and that whole thing. And... uh, My mother died in the year 2000. Mm -hmm. My father passed away in 2012. And uh, my younger sister died last year. Oh. Actually in 2017. I'm sorry. And at that point, I realized, oh, wow, I'm like the only person left from my immediate family. Mm -hmm. And... Just, you know, the feeling was different, and that's that's when I started to think about it. And uh, a friend of ours who had gone through a, a little bit ahead of me, had gone through and was going through a similar experience, uh, and it was positive for him. And he told me about it, and he you know, urged me to have my DNA tested. So, so you were just generally cur- curious. It wasn't even, 
it wasn't even, it doesn't sound like a burning passion for you at that moment, right? Not really. No. It, but I was curious. Mm-hmm. And being the only member of my immediate family, my it it, it definitely got stronger. So that's and what, what, what did you think about that in terms of being the only member of your immediate family? I mean, that's a a fairly solitary feeling, I would imagine. I would it's it's a stark reality when you start to look at you know look back at your life, and I'm sure as you reflect on your own children and them going forward, you know what kinds of things did you think about as this this lone family member left? Well, I. I just found myself more frequently thinking about things that happened in the family and time I spent with my parents and different things we did. I just find myself thinking about them more. Yeah, I understand. That reflection sort of breeds curiosity sometimes. Very much so. Neil's wife gave him an Ancestry DNA kit for his 66th birthday in December. In May... He went to his computer to find thousands of DNA matches. Here are all these thousands of people, and I don't know a single one of them. Thank goodness, they were arranged in order of his strongest matches to the most distant. A woman named Noreen was his closest match. Kelly was the next closest match. Neil sent both women a message, but it took Noreen a while to write back. Kelly responded almost immediately. She admitted she didn't know much about genealogy, but her mother had been doing it the old-fashioned way since high school. Kelly said, She, she looked at the little uh, photo of me in Ancestry, and I remember she said, Honestly, you resemble my grandfather a little bit. And that was my first indication that hmm, we, I think we may be onto something here. And in, in, in talking about uh, her dad... And her grandfather, uh, she referred to him as, uh, my genetic dad, she referred to him as parenthesis, and maybe your dad too, in, in a later email. And that was another indication that uh, it, it's, beca- it's happening very fast and it's becoming real. She told me that her dad who she was pretty sure was my half-brother, was planning a family talk to talk about, well, about me, (laughs) because they had no idea about this. Wow. And and how to deal with their dad about it. And uh, a couple of, I started to communicate email with a couple of other family members, and uh, they welcomed me to the family. I'm thinking, wow, this is this is really going very well. Within a few weeks, a few more family members had taken DNA tests and they had figured out a fair amount about his genetic father's family tree. I do have a half-brother who told me he had always wanted a brother, but he had given up. Wow, that's funny. There was, there was a lot going on and we were finding out about a lot of stuff and I just send them a message and says, hey, this is, this is really exciting. We need to talk about this. So we got on the phone and we, d- we just talked for a while about, you know, who was who in the family and, you know, welcoming me to the family and what's going on. Did he tell uh, you about your dad? A little bit. What kinds of things do you remember that he may have shared in those first conversations? A lot of it... 
was uh, he kept telling me, uh, you look more like my dad than you look like me. <laughs> and I, th I think it's true. Email communications continued with his two sisters. One is near Cleveland, Ohio, the other in San Francisco, California. Neil said it's been wonderful to have a brother, and he and his wife talk with his brother and his wife weekly. He talks about meeting his brother and meeting his birth father. We've met them twice. The first time they were already planning to come here for the 4th of July weekend. They wound up spending time with us. Oh, nice. Which was really nice. And then we extended our summer on our home, on our way home from summer vacation, we extended it for a day. And we had dinner with my brother, his wife, their two children, one of them being Kelly, the one I had made contact with. And then the next day, uh, we met with my biological father. Wow. Where was he? he did he, he live at home? He was in a senior facility in Cleveland. A senior facility. Okay. And how was it? <laughs> I, I, I'll admit I was... Uh, we went into the sort of like a meeting room. Uh, one of the people with us went went to his room to get him, and I just started feeling very nervous. But he came out, and it, I thought it went fine. He's very talkative. Uh, he told me a, a lot about different things that he remembered. He didn't really remember very much about my biological mother mm -hmm. and that's a that's a search that continues to this day wow um and it's sort of like uh everything that was fast and relatively easy about finding my genetic father and his family has been difficult about trying to find my genetic mother but we had a good meeting it just so much had happened i was just almost overwhelmed. Yeah, I can imagine. It went well. How did you greet each other? Handshake, hug? Yeah, we had a hug. <laughs> Man, how did that feel? You're already nervous. It, it felt good. I, um, I started to relax. Neil's father is about 91 years old. He's pretty strong, gets around okay with a walker, and is pretty willing to talk. When they were face-to-face, -face, Neil could see their strong family resemblance. I, I remember thinking, so is this what I'm going to look like when I'm 80? <laughs> uh, that wouldn't be too bad. When Neil spoke of his resemblance to his brother, he said, It's not quite as strong a physical resemblance, but we have, we have some, we have some uh, subtle similarities. Uh, we both married women with very, very similar personalities, which is kind of amazes me at times. That was probably the biggest, one of the biggest surprises in this whole uh, series of events. Is that your wives are so similar to each other? Yeah. That's pretty comical, actually. <laughs> I know. His birth father didn't remember much about his birth mother at all. Neil was able to ask specifically about her because Neil was born in Ohio, where, as you may know, the state has some great open adoption records laws. He had already done some research at the Ohio Department of Health, where he found a place to apply for his original birth certificate. He mailed his application with a $20 check 
and two weeks later, he received his original birth certificate with his birth mother's name. What was that like to see that information for the first time for your, through your own eyes? It just, it was exciting, a little, it felt a little, uh, it felt a little strange. It's just different emotions. I, I don't even know if she's alive. I thought that would be relatively easy to find, but no, yeah. it's not. Neil hadn't made contact with any genetic maternal relatives when we chatted. He had lots of first cousin connections, but unbelievably, every one of them seemed to be a paternal connection. Neil knew at the time of our interview that his birth mother had a bit of a career as an actress and a singer. Neil thinks his birth parents met singing at their synagogue in Cleveland. But I found it so odd that he hadn't found a single maternal relative. He said he wanted to engage with DNA detectives to see if he could find something, anything. He says he keeps running into adoptees during his search, and he's even gotten some help from people whom he doesn't have a genetic match with. They're administrators of the accounts for folks he is related to. Neil just keeps looking for info. Uh, actually, within the last two weeks, I made, this has nothing to do with my genetic family, but I made a major discovery in my uh, adoptive mom's family, I discovered a whole branch of the family tree that I never even knew existed. Oh, really? And it's almost like finding a new family. That's so fascinating. It is. Yeah. Neil said his adopted mother was really into genealogy and would have loved ancestry DNA. So I asked him, how do you think your parents would have felt about your search? I'd like to think they would have been okay with it. I think they know how why that I'm that I'm a curious person, and given that and my mother's interests, very strong interest in genealogy, I'd like to think she would have, they would have been okay with it. I've talked about it with several cousins in my mother's and father's family, uh-huh. and they're very interested as are anybody that I talk with about it. Um, they're very supportive. So, I mean, no one's told me, oh, uh, your mom wouldn't have liked that. No, that hasn't happened. So tell me then, how does it feel now? You you went from being the lone remaining member of your family, standing by yourself in this life, to discovering an entire biological paternal family how how has that been you've got a brother you've met your father how has that been for you it's amazing some days i wake up and i think to myself i have a brother and two sisters and a father who's still alive that's i've i've been blessed i don't know any other way to describe it um we have uh the weekly or so phone calls with my wife and I and my brother and his wife are a lot of fun. Uh, we just have a great time being with each other and talking with each other. It, 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 it's been very positive. It's I'm still getting used to it, and uh, I'm hoping to find out more. Yeah, I think the DNA detectives or some search angels will be just absolute allies in your search. And I certainly hope that you'll reach out to them soon, you know, because these things move fast and you don't want to miss an opportunity. So you'll do it. 
Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Very good, Neil. I'm really happy for you, man. I'm glad you found your people. I'm glad you got to connect with your father and your brother. I yeah, mean, this, this, been, this has been a very, this group that I met with last fall, it's, it's, it, it was very interesting. I mean, everybody's story was different, but I felt like we could all relate to what everybody else was saying. Nothing and, like that uh, genuine connection. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you taking time to call me today, Neil. Thanks so much for sharing your story, man. All the best to you, okay? Okay, and uh, if I find something significant happens, uh, I may give you a call. Yeah, do that. I'd like that. Yeah. Keep me updated. And he did. Neil emailed me in February 2019 with news. Recall that Ancestry told Neil he had dozens of distant cousins, most of which were clearly identifiable as paternal relations, the others he needed more info on. He took a lot of advice from myself and others, and he expanded his search, downloading his DNA file from Ancestry and uploading it to Jetmatch and MyHeritage. On MyHeritage, his highest match was a woman named Linda, whose name he didn't recognize. They have a very strong DNA match in the first or second cousin range. Neil's brother and his wife didn't know who Linda was either, so it was looking like he was on track to find someone in his maternal connections. He got busy during the holidays in 2018, then got back to sleuthing around after the turn of the year. He emailed Linda, highlighted that they have a pretty high DNA match, and they started exchanging information. Then she asked him an interesting question. This is where it gets interesting. As we're exchanging emails, she says, she asked me, uh, Neil, do you have any relatives uh, around Bayshore, New York? And Bayshore, New York is my hometown. Wow. So that's a pretty major coincidence. Sure. And she gives me two names. One of them I don't know. The other is her last name, which all of a sudden makes sense to me and I realize, oh yeah, we knew I knew the, these people a little bit. They had a store in town, my parents knew them. They had an older daughter that I knew a, a little bit, not a lot. But like the name was fami became familiar to me when she mentioned this. Okay. That was a pretty amazing coincidence. Yeah, that must have been a shocker. Still kind of in awe about that. So and there's more. It turns out she was related to and knew fairly well my biological mother. She was able to tell me that she had passed away about two and a half years ago. So she, well, she knows the family. It's her family. So she knows them. Uh, she knew the people quite well. That must have been uh, astonishing. Wow. It, it was astonishing. Linda and Neil had a great phone conversation, and they figured out that Linda knows other people in Bayshore that Neil knew even better. She began to tell her family members about what they had discovered, but nobody knew anything about Neil. He realized the error of his search. He had been looking for his birth mother, Selma, who he thought was born in Cleveland, and he was even gathering information about a woman named Selma who at least met that criteria. She did... She did get married later on, and she and her husband changed their name. They did? Interesting. They did. He was a lawyer, and 
for some reason, that's what they wanted to do. That's what he wanted to do. And they also moved around a fair amount, never had children. So guess who's the only one? It's me. Is that right? Wow. And um, I was looking at a family tree in uh, my heritage. And from this sort of subset of the bigger family, I'm like the only person still alive. Lind has been sharing the news with people in the family, and they've been surprised, but supportive. Most of the family members on his maternal side live in Florida, so they're thinking of getting together to do something as a family in winter 2019. So that's my exciting news. That is really cool. Did she tell you anything about your mother? Did she tell you about how she died or what kind of woman she knew her to be or anything like that? She did tell me, she did tell me a little bit about her. She, uh... It was 89 when, when she passed away. Her last, she said her last couple of years were difficult because her health was, was not good. And just, just a lot of problems. I saw one, uh, she did send a picture to me, which was nice. Oh, what maybe, did you see in that maybe, picture? Maybe, well, maybe a little bit of resemblance. Fascinating. Well, how old is she roughly in the picture? Is she like 20s? Is she 70s? Oh, uh, my mother, she's uh, probably around her mid eight, maybe mid to maybe early 80s. Oh, wow. Well, hopefully somebody else in the family that you meet a little later will have an earlier picture of you, of her. It'll be interesting to see if you can see a piece of yourself in her younger days, That's too. Yeah, it was it was very easy. It was very easy with my dad because it was so strong. Neil said he's definitely interested in meeting his maternal family in Florida. Since our first conversation, a lot has changed for him. I initially wondered what he felt like as this lone member of his adoptive family who had found his paternal tribe. Since he found his maternal connections, I asked him, "What do you feel like now? You've this is a puzzle that you wanted to solve, but." You weren't sure that it was going to be solved. And in fact, surprisingly, it has. What do you feel like now? Uh, I, I feel like we've accomplished a heck of a lot. <laughs> I don't think I even could have imagined this a year or two ago. There's a, there's a certain sense of fullness, completeness. I, I just have a good feeling about it. That's amazing, man. Congratulations. I'm really happy for you. That little piece of closure, you know, you're, you're, you're thankful for what you do get, like you said. Just yeah, because I know there were some people in the group, and I know that people out there that have been looking for months, looking for years. Yeah. Sometimes it just doesn't happen. That's right. So um, it sounds like, like I said, it sounds like my mom's family is, they didn't, they didn't, it was a big surprise. Mm-hmm. They didn't. Nobody knew about it, but there were there were. It sounds like they're receptive. That's really awesome. Very fortunate. Not everybody gets that either. I know. Um, I know. I read some of these uh, messages on Facebook, uh, and um, what happens to some people is 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 really really a tough thing to deal with. So, yeah. Uh, I'm happy. So, um, 
there's lots more to find out. Hopefully, uh, more people to see, which I'm, I am looking forward to. Thanks for sharing the update. I appreciate it, man. You're welcome. Take care, Dan. All the best. Good to hear from you again, okay? All right. Bye-bye, All right. Dan. Take care, Neil. Hey, it's me. Can you imagine getting a DNA test kit on your 66th birthday and it leads to your brother, sisters, and father? I can't even imagine what it was like for Neil to hear his brother say he looked more like their father between the two of them. And to be able to hug your 91-year-old dad, that's just priceless. I left our first interview hoping for the best for Neil to find his maternal connections because he didn't even know whether his birth mother was alive or not. He contacted me right before I produced this episode, and I was so glad to hear that he learned about his birth mother, Selma, and he had been welcomed into their family, too. His search just goes to show you that you have to be diligent about downloading your DNA file and uploading it to other DNA analytics platforms. I had the same exact luck when I uploaded my DNA to GEDmatch and found my birth father after six years in reunion with my birth mother. I hope the same luck falls to you in your search too. I'm Damon Davis, and I hope you'll find something in Neil's journey that inspires you, validates your feelings about wanting to search, or motivates you to have the strength along your journey to learn. Who am I, really? If you would like to share your adoption journey and your attempt to connect with your biological family, please visit whoamireallypodcast.com slash share. You can choose to share your whole story, maintain some privacy about parts of your journey, or share completely anonymously. You can find the show at facebook.com slash WAIReally, or follow me on Twitter at WAIReally. And please, if you like the show, you can support me at patreon.com slash WAIReally. You can subscribe to Who Am I Really on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, it would mean so much to me if you would take a moment to share a rating or leave a comment. Those ratings can help others to find the podcast too. 